This episode of Election Profit Makers is sponsored by MyKaren.com. MyKaren is a personal shopping service uniquely suited to our current moment. Here's how it works. Using the MyKaren app, you place an order for groceries or a coffee or takeout from a restaurant. One of MyKaren's team of professional Karens goes to the establishment to pick up your order without wearing a mask. When she's politely asked to wear a mask, she freaks out and yells and calls everybody a Democratic pig, then points her finger and screams at anybody filming on their phone. MyKaren guarantees that your order will be smashed all over the floor with maximum dramatic effect. Best of all, you can customize your MyKaren experience. Choose from QAnon Truth Teller, I Have a Medical Condition, or Screamer's Choice. You get the satisfaction of confronting the nanny state COVID mask mafia without leaving the comfort and safety of your own home. It's a win-win. And that's not all. For a premium, MyKaren will send someone to get kicked off a plane for you or even take a COVID test for you while yelling about how it's all fake. Use promo code MYDOCTORSAYSICANTWEARMASK, that's all capital letters, for 20% off your first order. MyKaren, the only personal shopping service that values your personal freedom and convenience above everything else. Because isn't that what being American is all about? John, any notes? No, I thought that was very funny. Keep this in. I love this. Good stuff. These are the best notes I've ever gotten. Give me more. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm focused on last week's bets and I can't remember what I bet on. Compliment orgy completed. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election and related catastrophes. I'm David Reese, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Starly Kine. Hello, Starly. Hi. And there's also another person on the mic, and that person is John Kimball. John, are you there? Hello, everybody. We all know what's on everyone's mind. Fourth of July is coming up. Fireworks, plenty of fireworks. We have a feeling here at Election Profit Makers, this is going to be the funnest summer of all time. Let's put down our phones for a moment, put on our sunglasses, and look forward to what promises to be a thrilling summer. Is everybody ready for summer? John, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. But before we get into our summer preview, let's quickly review last week's bets. John? Yes. Hi. Do you remember what you bet on last (laughs) week? I bet on a number of things, but one of the big things that I bet on was... Shit. I guess I didn't bet on Fiserv last week because I was already in that market. But I mentioned last week. You were already in Fiserv and I was in Fiserv. Starly was yes. the one who hopped on Fiserv last week. But this isn't yes. Starly's time to shine, John. This is your time to shine. Okay. All right. So I won't mention Fiserv. But I hope when Starly mentions it, she'll mention that I mentioned it. Well, I'll be sure to prompt Starly to mention that you mentioned Fiserv when in about 30 seconds I turn to Starly and ask how her Fiserv market is doing. But for now, I would really like to focus on you and your bets from last week, John. I bet on Amy McGrath in Kentucky. I bet against Engel in New York 16th and made a little bit of money. And then I continued to bet in the last 538 polling market, continued to bet that Trump would not go below 40%. And he hasn't, but he's getting close. And now the polling markets are on their way out. Yeah, we've got about a a little less than 48 hours when that thing will resolve. Okay. And I think I'm going to be right. And you think that's the final presidential approval polling market on Predict It? This is the end of an era? I'm going to predict that it is. 
Is there some like wild betting happening on that approval market now because it's the last hurrah? They're trashing the hotel room of the approval market because they know it's all about to be shut down. So they're going buck wild. It's been a pretty fun market this morning. Uh, oh, Rask really? Came out <laughs> with so, a, like such with, a nerd. Sorry. With, with a number that came out that uh, surprised people and it jumped it's actually been from a pretty B3 fun market. to B2. It was at uh, 40.8. Six percent this morning, and then it cool. dropped to forty point four percent. So it was a bunch of math. Whoa, really? And it was exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad right now. Ooh, I want to get at you, John Kimball. <laughs> what? I don't know. There's just something, something about the way, <laughs> something about that just drove me crazy. I think it, it's probably just stress, and it all just came out just now when you were like, yeah. B2 was pretty interesting. It went from 40.6 to 40.4. And it was like, all right, oh, all my right, God, I wish right, I was so. still in high school. I'll be wailing on you so hard with my belt. That's such a classic belt fight or egg fight. Remember that one time when we went to Aaron's house during lunch and we each bought a dozen eggs because we thought it would be fun to throw eggs at each other. And we wore ponchos. And then we realized it was basically like throwing rocks at each other. Eggs were so hard. Do you remember that? Uh... Starly. How did you do on last week's bet? Oh, and John wants me to remind you that John mentioned this market to you, the Fiserv market. How is that market working out for you, Starly? Well, I actually feel like you're the one who's supposed to get credit for this, though. I jumped on this because of you. Thank you. Finally, some measure of justice in this hellscape we're living in. Okay, David deserves partial credit. I was the king of the Fiserv market. Because David said that the convention was not going to happen at all in Milwaukee. So, yes, he is correct that it's not going to happen at Pfizer, but it's still happening in Milwaukee. This is that we should mention this is the Democratic National Convention. This is not the Republican Convention, which is a completely separate kettle of fish. We're talking about the Democratic National Convention. This market has been up for weeks and weeks. Will the convention happen in Milwaukee's Pfizer forum? And I was the first in the nation to stake my claim and say, no, it shall not happen. And I've been vindicated. And so wait, did you make money off of it? Of course I did. I make money every day. In every single way I make money, I stub my toe, I make money. I comb my mustache, I make money. What did you make? I can't remember because what I did was I did not wait for it to resolve. I think I set a sell price at 70 or 80 cents. And then I woke up one morning and my shares had been sold. And while I was asleep, I made money. I made a little tiny bit of money. Good. Good. But only because I was following David. Come with me if you want to live, in the words of Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you're fully broke, David, I will loan you this money. Okay, great. I'll be calling you in 48 hours. So my bet last week, you'll recall that last week's episode, we discussed three primaries, two of which have already happened and one of which happens tomorrow. There's Elliot Engel versus Jamal Bowman in New York. Of course, I bet against Elliot Engel. Mustache turned against mustache. I'm happy to say I profited handsomely by betting against Engel. He looks like he's going to lose to upstart Jamal Bowman, although all the ballots have not been counted. And then, of course, in Kentucky, we had upstart Charles Booker versus Amy McGrath. In that case, it looks like the left-wing candidate is not going to beat Amy McGrath. Correct, John? Amy McGrath is now crushing Booker on Predicted, although that was a very volatile market, what you might call a fun market, correct? Yeah, I actually dumped out of that with just like a a small gang. I got a little bit scared. I panicked. Wish I'd stayed in because it looks like she's going to win. Finally, the third primary we discussed last week actually happens tomorrow. That is John Hickenlooper versus Andrew Romanoff. Hickenlooper is completely running away. With that primary, he will face Republican incumbent Cory Gardner. I have not put any money into that market. 
I don't know why. I guess I was all in on voting against Elliot Engel. And again, we need to thank listener JK, who suggested we cover that market on our podcast, because thanks to JK's suggestion, I made a little money. Goodbye, Elliot Engel. I do not think you're going to win. Get ready for the Election Profit Rockers 2020 Summer Slam Jam. Are you ready for the greatest summer of your life? Put on your party helmet and prepare to have more fun than is legally possible. All your favorite summer activities will definitely be happening this year. Hanging out with friends? Definitely happening. Relaxing at the beach without a care in the world? Definitely happening. Rocking at your favorite indoor live music venue? Definitely happening. Chilling out at your local multiplex? Definitely happening. Ignoring the specter of death that looms over our daily existence? Definitely happening. Sucking and fucking at your local underground orgy club? Yeah, that's definitely happening. This summer, it's all about fun. 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 So get ready to party like it's going out of style. Summer 2020 is here, and it's gonna be sick. John and Starley, summer's upon us. We all have our SPF on. That's a sunscreen code for don't get a burn. Let's take a walk down to the beach, lay out our towels, and gaze out over the horizon as to what is coming up. John, I want to start with a very provocative tweet. MSNBC, the famous news organization, had a tweet that said, Vice President Pence has canceled campaign trips to Arizona and Florida. Both were part of his Faith in America tour aimed at evangelical voters due to concerns over COVID-19. Another Twitter user engaged in the conversation by saying, How are they possibly going to have a convention in Florida? And then John Kimball, a.k.a. Long John Silver, not tweeting from one of his Charlotte Skyline accounts or from at Shitty Skylines, but under his own name, put out the following message for all to see. They have thoroughly screwed themselves. Those rallies in Tulsa and Phoenix had no upside and tremendous downside and it will be what finished his presidency for good. John Kimball, on the record, saying Trump's presidency is officially canceled because of basically the Tulsa rally. John, when I saw that tweet, my heart went pitter-pat. I want you to just walk us through the Tulsa rally fallout and what you think the summer and fall will bring for our beloved chief executive, President Donald J. Trump. Well, as I said last week when we were talking about other markets like the Pfizer market, I thought that we would see the number of COVID cases in Oklahoma and Tulsa County spike after this rally. And whether it's a direct cause of the rally or it was going to spike anyhow because it had already started, it was going to look bad for them because they had come to Tulsa and essentially leaned in to this, not wearing masks, not social distancing. Another story came out this week uh, that they had had stickers in the arena placed on every other chair so people would uh, socially distance. And the Trump campaign had come out and removed all these stickers. (laughs) I 
<laughs> just think. Just give Star. Just give Starly a moment. Just give yeah. Starly a moment. It's just. It's just the best. Just say it, Starly. It's just the <laughs> best. Peeling off the stickers. That's a that's a slow meditative process. Every time you peel off a sticker, just think, not reconsidering what you're doing. I mean, there's no part of them that has any capacity to grow because the whole point of meditation is that you like spend that time and then emerge emerge with a wisdom that you didn't have before. Yeah, except it's not like Brad Parscal was there doing it. They, they had the employees of the Tulsa Arena do it. No, it was actually campaign officials. It was the it. campaigners? Yeah, it was the campaign officials that did it. Oh, then they have no excuse for it not being a healthy meditative practice. Yeah. And and they could not claim that it was done in a moment of passion because as Starley says, it wasn't just one sticker. They went through and methodically removed 9,000 stickers. It was an arena so, full of stickers. Yeah. yeah. So, John, you think the fallout of those two rallies is actually going to hurt Trump? Well, I didn't know that the Tulsa rally was going to be so awful in terms of people not showing up, but- this part of it, the fact that COVID has continued to get worse and and that they have leaned into it. They went into Arizona and had a bunch of kids in there and they weren't socially distancing at all either at this mega church that just looked terrible. A complete hotspot. Arizona's the the worst place in the country. So again, these are things that they're gonna easily be able to follow up on. And it fits perfectly into the narrative that they are incompetent, but more than that, that they do not even care. And that he looked like a loser. Yeah. Him looking like a loser is what will strike at the heart of his base even more than people dying. And then breaking news today is that Jacksonville, Florida, which is where the Republican National Convention has been moved to because Charlotte wanted to practice social distancing and and mask wearing. So Trump and the RNC moved to Jacksonville. Jacksonville has now passed an ordinance that people must wear masks indoors. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Well, that ordinance, there's no way they're going to follow that ordinance at the Republican National Convention in August. That cuts against their core brand and their vocabulary of perpetual grievance so directly. It just can't, it cannot happen. Yeah. I would put all my money, both dollars, into betting that you will not see masks inside the mm-hmm. Republican National Convention. It would be like the Flat Earth Society booking a round-the-world trip for their convention. Like, it can't happen. I, I, I agree with you guys in theory, but I'm going to push back a little bit and, and say that we have seen in the last few days a lot of Republicans coming out. You've seen McConnell come out and say, you should wear a mask. You've seen... Uh, Little Marco come out and say, just wear a damn mask. And Dick Cheney put out a video saying, wear your damn mask. Mike Pence came out and finally said, wear a mask. So I think they are starting to finally realize Mm. that if they don't get the country reopened, they're going to lose the election. And the only way to get the country reopened is for people to wear masks. John, I hear your pushback and I push back on your pushback. Okay. And here's how I do it. This is my whole theory about why the Republicans will never stop Trump no matter what happens, because as soon as they draw a line in the sand, the question is, why the fuck was this the line? Like, why wasn't the line two and a half years ago when such and such happened? As soon as you have a limit, it immediately calls into question why, why now? If they all start wearing masks now, people are going to be like, 
where were you three months ago when this could have saved 100,000 people from dying? It's just so transparently political at this point. Like, oh, now you're worried? Oh, okay. Because now people in Florida and Arizona are dying and it might hurt control of the Senate. And I also, I also think that the Republican base, not the politicians, but the core supporters, don't think politically. They think exclusively in emotional terms of resentment yes. and grievance yes. and anger. So why would they wear a mask inside the Jacksonville? Even if they we've now seen enough videos of dummies fighting against wearing masks. So even if those people don't come to the events, I still think they would be on board with Trump principally saying don't wear a mask. And so now I think it's a numbers game. He's making a wager. He's saying, like he's always done, are there more of these people? Are there more of the people who will go along with everything I say, or are there more of the other? I think I agree with, with Starley, John. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a great reason to stay alive a couple more months. You know, we're all looking for reasons to stay alive. This is a good one. <laughs> Let's stay alive to see what happens in Jacksonville with these people wearing masks. And what's your feeling about COVID this summer? Give us some more summer predictions. About three weeks ago, those who really follow this stuff closely, yours truly, started to panic and say, this is looking really bad. And that's about the time that everyone started not wearing masks anymore. And they're still not really doing that. But I think that that public opinion is going to change very quickly as the numbers start to shoot up and then the deaths start to shoot up in the next three to six weeks. And then once people start to pay attention, they'll start to wear masks and that will actually help us. So I'm hopeful that it's not going to be as bad as it was back in April, even though right now our numbers are higher than they were in April. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You're charting a middle path. Starley was talking about meditation. This is Mahayana, the middle path. That's the one that you're on when it comes to how you feel about coronavirus. Is, that, is, that, is, is Biden a middle pather? Is that what a centrist is? Yeah, oh. it's a centrist path. The Beckett path. I want to move on to a related question, John. As longtime listeners will remember, one of my great follies in the first season of Election Profit Makers which was in 2016, I was always convinced that eventually Trump would drop out and he would not be the Republican nominee for president because either the campaign would be too grueling or he would get bored or there would be too many embarrassing stories about sexual assault and general ignorance and all that kind of stuff. Of course, Trump never dropped out. In fact, he won the presidential election and is currently our president. However, did I learn from my errors? N no, why? I don't do that in any other aspect of my life. Why would I do that on a podcast? I bought 100 shares, John. I'm telling you this now, friend to friend. I bought 100 shares that Trump will not be the Republican nominee for president. The numbers were starting to truly suck for Donald Trump. And I thought, this guy is not going to want to lose a presidential election. Then his brand is in the toilet. On the other hand, of course, when he loses re-election, he will say Democrats stole the election and then we'll have a civil war. Put that aside for now. I decided to get in on Trump not seeking re-election. And after the Tulsa rally, I felt even more emboldened and confident in my decision because the way that man stepped off the helicopter was, whoo, that was a man who did not look like it was going to be fun to run for president. And now... 
And I know I think this every single time something new comes out. But guys, can we acknowledge this story (laughs) about the bounty that Russia is paying Afghan militants for American soldiers fighting in Afghanistan? And that apparently Trump was briefed on this in March and has done nothing about it. Now, let's assume the story is true. That's crazy, right? I mean, I know we say this a lot, but like this one definitely feels kind of crazy. And I have to say my 2016 impulse kicks in where it's like, how is this guy going to run for president again if he's letting Russia pay Afghan militants to kill Americans (laughs) with no consequences? Like, yeah, it's crazy, but he... He's still, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I know, but that's what's so crazy. That's really, that's really wild, man. He, I mean, he's a real free thinker to not give a shit. <laughs> like that's really outside the box. You know, like that's really Silicon Valley, really disruptive outside the box thinking. Right. To be like, yeah, right. I, don't, I don't, fuck me. I don't care. Why should I care? I don't know these, <laughs> I don't know these soldiers in Afghanistan. And then I was thinking, maybe this is Trump's galaxy brain. He wants to get out of Afghanistan. (laughs) Let Russia pay a little money, kill all these Americans. More Americans die, the sooner we're out of Afghanistan. You know, maybe he's conspiring with Noam Chomsky against American imperialism (laughs) by having having Russia pay Afghans to shoot Americans. You know, maybe this is the long game. (laughs) But it's so crazy. How can he run again, John? How can he do it? Okay. There, there are a number of markets here. There's will Trump be the 2020 Republican nominee for president? There's will Trump finish his first term? And there's will Trump resign? They're all sort of looking at the same thing. You're, you're saying that you got into the one of that he won't be the nominee. And to me, that says that you're, you're expecting that Trump is going to quit within the next month. And and to me, I think that's unlikely. I think he wants that party in Jacksonville. And I think it's possible, I, I'll concede that point, that it's possible that Trump will quit or drop out. I don't, I don't think it's likely, but I think if he does, it's going to be right at the end. Or it's going to be after he's <laughs> lost. And then he's like, I'm not even finishing this uh, he drops out and Pence becomes president and, you know, pardons him or Trump pardons himself before that. But I think he wants to be the nominee for that party. I see what you mean. My mistake was not disentangling Trump's nomination from the actual nominating process, which will be what he's been craving ever since coronavirus shut everything down. OK, so you can take that back and get in those other markets. Is there is the convention that good of a party? Oh, my God. It's going to be a, f- a whole stadium of people literally risking their lives to scream your name. That sounds like the greatest party of all time. I would kill to have a party like that. And the ratings? He wants those ratings. Oh my God, the ratings, of course. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. We're going to watch that convention. The ratings are going to be amazing. You know what it reminds me of, John? It reminds me of the singer-songwriter Gigi Allen. Do you remember Gigi Allen? Yeah, I was about to say it reminded me of that too. What? I, I was I was being facetious. I have no idea who Gigi Allen is. Who's Gigi Allen? Gigi Allen was a punk rocker, singer songwriter. He was extremely provocative and profane. He would um, show up on stage naked and cut himself with broken glass, and he would take a poop on the stage and throw it at the audience, and then he would go to the audience and try to beat up the men and the women in the audience. Sadly, Gigi Allen died due to drug-related issues, but Gigi Allen, for years, always promised his fans 
that he would commit suicide on stage on Halloween, on October 31st. I'm going to kill myself on stage. I'm going to do the, I'm the ultimate bad boy, basically. Maybe Trump wants to have some spectacle at the Jacksonville rally, some kind of a self-annihilating spectacle like Gigi Allen. Maybe on the last night after he has accepted the nomination, he will then decline the nomination. He gets his final rally and then he doesn't have to deal with actually campaigning through the fall. And he doesn't have to worry about losing. And And Pence will be the nominee and will lose. And Trump can blame it on him. I mean, if I was President exactly. Trump... That is exactly what yeah, I would that's do. That's brilliant. I guess the Gigi Allen analogy is not perfect because <laughs> Gigi Allen is a better person than Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to say. I don't know if there how many U.S. presidents you can say, you know, Gigi Allen was actually probably a better person than that president. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's apples and oranges because if Gigi Allen was able to like invade Iraq for no reason, maybe he would be worse than George W. Bush. But when you just think about their personalities and what's driving them, that's interesting to think about. Is Gigi? Who would you rather come to Thanksgiving dinner with your parents, Gigi Allen at the height of his powers, or Donald Trump? That's a tough one. We should do an online poll. I could because I could really see it going either way. Well. You know, every so often I go down a Gigi Allen rabbit hole, and I recently watched a documentary about Gigi Allen's brother, Merle, who I've actually met. Well, I haven't met. I ran into the Greece, Grecian Yearning Diner in Alston 20 years ago and said, are you Merle Allen? And he said, yeah. And then I awkwardly just ran back out of the diner. It's about Merle Allen, Gigi's brother, and uh, their mother. Gigi Allen, like, I'm about to get so into this topic. All, oh, fuck. John here we left. go. Okay. Gigi Allen and Donald Trump actually have a lot in common because like a lot of damaged people, they come from extremely dysfunctional households with abusive fathers. Gigi Allen's father literally named him Jesus Christ Allen. His father was mentally ill and abusive. Okay. Both of them have God complexes. Yep. God complexes and obviously taboo breaking behavior, a lot of disgusting behavior towards women. Gigi Allen, unlike Donald Trump, had serious drug and alcohol issues. Although some people say Trump is riding the Adderall monorail. Yeah. Trump is a dry drunk. Yeah. Definitely addicted to Sudafed. I love when John Kimball just says what's true. God, it's so satisfying. And he clearly has an addictive personality because you you don't abstain the way he does unless you're so afraid of what would happen if you went for it. It's like me with tater tots. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're saying that Trump is going to stand up there and be like, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president, no, I think, like Johnson no, did, essentially. No, I think he's going to accept it. And then some weird thing is going to happen on the last night of the convention. And everyone's going to get some tweet that says, breaking news, Trump's about to do something unscheduled. And everyone's going to get on Twitter. And then he's just going to come out and he's going to say something that doesn't make sense. And then someone on MSNBC is going to be like, I think Donald Trump just de- actually declined the nomination. We're waiting on <laughs> clarification from the convention floor. Uh, Dougie, are you down there? And then Dougie's like, yeah, uh, I'm here, Rachel. We, uh, we're just uh, trying to figure out what's going on here. We've been told by the Trump campaign that he still is the nominee. On the other hand, Mike Pence is smiling for the first time in four years. So we're wondering if maybe he's, it's just going to be chaos. Dougie? Who's Dougie? Dougie is MSNBC's new correspondent. Did I mention that he's a talking horse? Listener questions, summer edition. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank everybody who wished me a happy birthday. It was an, um, didn't reply to everybody on Twitter, of course, but uh, I really appreciate your sentiments. Happy to be here for another year. 
on the nonstop party known as Planet Earth. Were you surprised when you got those? You didn't know that was in there, right? No, that was a secret message that infected the podcast without my knowledge or consent. But I guess turnabout is fair play because we did the same thing to you, Starly. And if God willing, we're still doing this podcast when John Kimball's birthday rolls around, we'll do the same thing to you, John. But now he'll suspect. Oh, fuck. I shouldn't have said that. We'll talk. We'll talk. John, we have a question from Charlotte, North Carolina, coming to us from Martha. She says, I'm very happy that our great Charlotte skyline will not be inundated by red hats and more COVID. Of course, she's referring to the fact that the RNC is not going down in Charlotte this summer. Martha continues, I've been hearing about the Saharan dust storm that may make sunsets even prettier. John, is this true? Should I be camping out to get some good Charlotte skyline sunset pics? Hey, Martha. Yes, you should be camping out. I hope you were camping out on Sunday, particularly, because that was the dustiest time. Is there literally a Saharan sandstorm that came all the way over to Charlotte, North Carolina from the Sahara Desert? Yeah, it came all the way across the East Coast. It flew on the wind? Yeah, it flew on the wind, just like COVID flies on oh, the wind. Oh, God. But it flew even further. So now all the little dust particles in the air make sunsets look better? Yeah, and makes breathing much harder. But I hope she got some good pictures because um, the particulate matter scatters the the rays of light and makes for beautiful sunsets. It's the same Martha, with pollution. write us back. It's the same right. yep. with any type of condensation that's in the air, clouds. The worst thing for a sunset is a clear sky. We like skies the way we like our celebrities. Nice and messy. Martha, let us know. Write us back and just let us know if you were able to discern a difference in Saharan dust storm Charlotte sunsets. I would be interested to know. It's like the butterfly flapping his or her wings and then causing great things to happen on the other side of the earth. Guys, we're all connected. Pepsi, join the conversation. Let's move on to another question. An evergreen from Matt. Matt writes simply, honestly, what is happening with this market? (laughs) And then he links to, will Hillary Clinton run for president in 2020? Still trading eight cents for yes. People haven't given up hope. He says, the comments on this market are insane, even by predicted standards. And the whole concept is insane. Hillary Clinton is not running. I need a shot of reason on this market from Long John Silver, Kid Midas, Starly Quinn, and Helicopter Tony. So speaking as Kid Midas, I will say, this Hillary Clinton running for president market, load them up and pack them in because there is no way she's running for president. Long John Silver, what's your take on this insane market? There, there's really nothing to lose here uh, except for time. You, you'd have to wait a while for this to resolve, but it's a guaranteed moneymaker. I don't know why it's trading at eight cents. I think probably predicted advertises on Breitbart and things like that and these more conspiratorial type sites tend to push articles that Hillary is going to swoop in and take over. You think this is some QAnon money that we have running through this market here? Yeah. Starly Quinn, what's your take on this market? Uh, I think people should make money off of this insane obsession with Hillary. Let it do some good in the world. Starly says, take their money. For me. Do it for me because it pains me. Let it profit the righteous to take money from those who can't get over their hatred of Hillary Clinton. And by extension, women. Uh, maybe. Yes, it is. I don't think it's just that, Starly. I don't think it's just that. It's not not that, though. 
I mean, it's connected. Hatred of Hillary Clinton cannot be reduced just to misogyny. It can't be separated from, though, either. No, that's true. Yeah. Again, the middle path. <laughs> Man, we should see if Mahayana Buddhism will sponsor our podcast. I wonder if we could get a discount code. Helicopter Tony, what is your take on this Hillary Clinton market? The, the traffic in this market is uh, pretty low volume, but uh, I, I think that you could get in here and probably get uh, home on time. Matt, congratulations. The first ever question answered by Helicopter Tony. That's a feather in your cap, Matt. Wear it with pride. Finally, we just had a comment from Christopher who wanted to thank us for talking about the role of old fuddy-duddies in the protests. Just wanted to give Christopher a shout out. Thank you for writing, Christopher. We appreciate it. John, what is your bet of the week as you look forward to summer fun? I can't remember what listener brought this to my attention, but somebody did this week and sent me to a market of will Trump win any state he lost? And I think this is a great market. Trump could win the election, but I don't think he's going to win states that he lost last time. He may win Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan and all that stuff, but I don't think he's going to add states. I don't think he's going to win those other states either. I think this is a, a very good bet, and I, I bought into this at 67 cents for Trump not winning any state that he lost in 2016. That's my bet of the week. Starly. I'm going to buy 50 shares in Tammy Duckworth. Okay. Tammy Duckworth is has surged up. There was a... A piece in the Times and an op-ed by Frank Bruni saying Tammy Duckworth should be the nominee for VP. I don't think it's going to be her, but for right now, I'm going to buy 50 shares and see see how this week plays out. John, what do you think of Tammy Duckworth trading at 12 cents, one cent below Val Demings and 37 cents below Kamala Harris? Well, there have been rumblings about Tammy Duckworth on Predicted for several weeks. A lot of people making the, the case that she wouldn't harm Biden in any way because she is sort of a safe choice. So I decided I would buy into Duckworth at four cents a few weeks ago. And then she didn't move at all. And I ended up selling at four or five cents. I, oh, I think it was you sold before cents. the you sold before the movement. Then she started jumping and I I jumped back in and got back in at eight cents. So I'm in. I'm in with a few shares right now. My theory about why Tammy Duckworth is suddenly a contender uh, is that it's possible, I feel, that Biden's campaign might be looking for alternatives to Kamala. They're looking for that middle path. They're looking for that middle path. It all comes back to Mahayana Buddhism. Yeah. And I, I'm getting into will Trump resign during his first term? I haven't learned my lesson. I'm a creature of habit, even when those habits are destructive. I kind of think it would be really cool if he resigned in his first term. So I might as well invest in it. You know what this is? This is your Gigi Allen. This is my this is my equivalent of being Gigi Allen. This is cathartic self-immolation in the service of my art, which is in turn the product of my undiagnosed mental illness. This is me channeling Gigi Allen on Predict It. I'm going to have a whole special newsletter for subscribers like Gigi Allen's. You know, when basketball coaches put out like Roy Williams coaching f- tips for success in the basketball game of life. Mike Krzyzewski's how to be a businessman, like how a basketball player would be a businessman. Mine is going to be Gigi Allen's guide to predict it. How the provocative punk rocker can teach us more about investment strategy. Oh, my God. I could. Oh, 
it makes me so it makes me nothing makes me matter than when I come up with a silly idea and I'm like you know what if I actually took the time to do it I could probably make a million dollars for real by doing that (laughs) there's got to be a book called like punk rock marketing or like what Gigi Allen can teach us about brand management in today's disruptive environment you could there's one thing you could say about Gigi Allen if you see his show you won't forget you can apply these same principles to your orthodonty practice. Make sure that you stand out in the field. Instead of smearing your own fecal matter on your bare chest and then throwing it at the audience, why don't you try aggressive mailers that have a fun punk rock graphic that looks like they were spray painted? And then I get so tired and then I just take another nap because I can't handle, I can't handle it. Long John Silver, I can't handle where I'm at. This is going to be the best summer ever. I'm going to write a business how-to book that will be in every airport bookstore in America. That's a good place. Yeah. It's going to sell a lot of copies because airports are full. (laughs) Fuck my life. I'm so fucked up these days. I can't even (laughs) fantasize correctly. Even my fucking fantasies don't work. There's no good present day fantasy, though. Like, what am I going to fantasize about? Winking at a celebrity while we wear masks and pass each other, hoping we don't cough on each other. Like, what kind of fantasy is that? I used to have real fantasies in this life. Big dreams. Guys, uh, speaking of fantasy, celebrity investor John Hodgman and I have a new animated TV show that's about to premiere on July 9th. It's called Dicktown, for better or for worse. That's the name of the show. John and I play... Middle-aged men who solve mysteries for teenagers. It's an animated show. It's a cartoon, and it's a lot of fun, and it's going to be on FXX, the cable channel. They have a late-night programming thing. I think it's on Thursday nights. It's called Cake. You can watch it on Cake, or the next day you can watch it on Hulu, which is a great way to watch TV shows. So it's called Dicktown. It comes out two weeks from now. Maybe it's too early to promote it. Ah, fuck it. No one else is promoting it. I'll promote it now. Dicktown. Starly, you have something TV related. I do have something TV related. I write for the TV show Search Party. The third season of Search Party is now out on HBO Max. Michaela Watkins is in this season. Louis Anderson's in this season. Um, I really recommend it. I hope everyone watches it. Good show. Also has one of my f- my favorite characters. Oh, her boyfriend with the glasses. That guy is so funny. John Reynolds. I love that guy. Shout out to John Reynolds. You guys are so talented. <laughs> well, it's not. It's a it's a team effort, John. I will be on Meet the Press. Well, oh, here we Check go. I'll be there with Chuck Todd and. Um, Hugh Hewitt, I believe, will be there with me. Is that every week going forward or just a one-time thing? Just just this week. I mean, I'll probably be on again, but I don't know of any definite time. And what are you going to talk about? Uh, prediction markets, domain names, skylines. <laughs> what if you went on Meet the Press and just talked about skylines? Oh, what a blessed world this would be. We must keep fighting, though. That's all the reason. Bear this in mind. We must build and fight and scrap for the world we want to live in. And that's a world not defined entirely by John Kimball going on Meet the Press to talk about Skylines, but that's definitely a component in my fantasy. Finally, a new fantasy for me. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Remember, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We're going to record a special Patreon episode this week. It was suggested by a listener, Best Skylines in Post-Apocalyptic Movies. I will also be holding forth on why Generation X is the worst of all generations. If you would like to hear this, join us on Patreon. You can send election prediction questions or skyline inquiries to contact 
at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to bet on predictit.org with us, you can go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. Receive up to $20 in matching funds. Ride the waves with the Election Profit Makers. Thanks for listening, guys. We really do hope you have a good summer. Although this summer's going to have a substantial degree of difficulty, we will get through it together, hand in hand, remotely. That's it. I'm David Reese. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.